Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. Lindsay here and I always feel so awkward (laughs) with the beginning of a podcast and I was thinking about it and if you know me in real life, I am awkward at the beginning of a conversation (laughs) and the end of a conversation And the middle is really just where I shine. Like once we know each other, once we're comfortable, once we're into the content, that is where I shine. So I'm just going to go with feeling clunky and awkward in the beginning and just keep it moving. And sometimes that's all we can do is accept ourselves and laugh at ourselves, which I do a lot. So have you ever been talking to someone that's older than you or... Uh, maybe your same age, and usually it's boomers, though. No offense, boomers. I don't think any boomers listen to this podcast, but usually it's a boomer. And they say something like, "They're all kids now are so entitled. Have you ever heard that? I have. And maybe you have like a little bit of a reaction because you feel like they're calling your kids entitled, or they're talking about how kids don't have a work ethic now, or... um they don't have motivation to get their driver's licenses at 16 anymore or whatever examples come to mind when they are talking about it. Um, that's what I want to talk about today is entitlement. And it, they're right in that we are all raising a generation of entitled kids. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I hate the word entitlement, but here is what we can do about it. And here's how we can foster the opposite of entitlement which in my brain I define as like humility, working hard, being a kind person. So um, yeah, we're, we're just going to get right into it. The reason that everybody is raising an entitled child, even myself, is because we live in a very different time than we did growing up. So I'm 33. I think I'm a millennial or an elder millennial. And when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of or any of the conveniences that we have now. Some examples are if I wanted to listen to a song, I had to listen to the radio, have a blank cassette tape, and hit record at the exact right time to be able to listen to it over and over again. Eventually, we would be we were able to like buy CDs to listen to songs. Um, but now my Alexa can play anything on demand for my kids meaning that if they want me to listen to peanut butter jelly time on repeat, I, I do because it's there. It's easily accessible. It's usually linked to like Spotify or something that I'm already paying for and it's not extra, but my kids and our kids don't have to learn the importance of waiting for a 
result. And the the joy and sometimes the excitement is in the waiting. I know it's hard and not fun, but our kids don't know how to wait and build excitement for anything because everything is pretty much instantly available to them whenever they want it. Streaming services. So this is kind of funny. So um, my kids, a while ago, we were watching a show on one of the free streaming services that still has commercials and my kids would be like well, uh, the show turned off mom the show turned off and I'm like guys the show didn't turn off this is called a commercial and sometimes we have to watch those like I remember watching real tv with real commercials that you had to sit through and now I want you to think back when was the last time you did that that you had a commercial that even if you like dvr'd something you couldn't fast forward through like it's probably been a long time. The only time I can think of where maybe we do this now is sports. And that is because we're usually watching something live and we're not recording it and watching it later. But in the land of streaming and any show you want and is available at the touch of a button, of course our kids don't know how to wait for things. I remember having like three kids channels, um, one of which was probably PBS and having to wait until the show I wanted to watch, which was, I think it was called Ghost Riders. If anyone else watched this, you need to DM me and we can talk about it. I was, that's when my true crime mystery obsession started as a young child was Ghost Riders. But like I knew what time it came on every day and I would have to wait for it to come on to be able to watch it. Our kids don't have that. They don't have the buildup. They don't have the excitement. Everything is just so readily available. And that's not necessarily our fault. And as adults, we have become adapted to this as well. We don't like to wait for things. We like fast food. We like DoorDash. We like Amazon. Like if I have to buy something and I have to wait more than two days for shipping, it feels like a freaking eternity. And so it's interesting that we have these things and we as adults use these things and then we complain about raising entitled kids because anything they could want or need is virtually at their fingertips. And so I'm telling you all this just to reassure you that it is not you raising an entitled child, it is everyone raising entitled kids because of technology and the way it is. This is the first generation where we're really having to learn to like work through that in our parenting we're having to parent with the level of technology that is available to us. And we're trying to decipher what is a healthy amount for our kids to have, how to balance that, and how to still teach them these skills of patience. Um, frustration tolerance, something that I'm sure there's no like scientific study that I found, but um, in my 10 years of talking to kids, I would say that kids likely don't have a frustration tolerance because they don't ever have to wait for anything. They never feel frustrated for very long and it's always on to the next thing instant gratification all the time. So we're navigating this together. We're figuring out how to still help our kids not be quote unquote entitled. Um, and I'm not a big fan of the word entitled. I might go off on a tangent here, but because it has a negative connotation to it, like the child is intentionally being an asshole. And I don't think that that's the case. Um, I don't mind calling adults entitled. <laughs> I don't know why, but with kids, it like I get a little bit of like, a, Ooh, because, um, I feel like kids are just products of the environment that they are placed in. And so if they haven't been taught these things or they don't have these skills, then they may act entitled, but I don't think they are entitled, right? Um, and so I get a little, when people say that I have a little emotional reaction because I don't think it's the kid's fault. I don't think it's intentional. I think it is just the nature of the world we live in and we're all navigating this together. So if you notice some signs of entitlement in your kids, I don't want you to beat yourself up. You're doing the best you can and we can adapt, adjust, and overcome and try and tweak things so that there is less 
entitlement-like behaviors. There's more frustration tolerance. There is more patience. There is less instant gratification. There is more joy in boredom and waiting. The other thing that's different now is that kids don't really know how to be bored. Um, with iPads and YouTube, we are, or games, even if you don't let your kids watch YouTube, we are constantly stimulated. Um, I am the same way. I, as an, a, an adult human, don't know how to be bored because my phone is always at my fingertips and something I'm actively doing is working on allowing myself to be bored sometimes and to sit with how uncomfortable that feels and to not reach for food, Netflix, my phone to zone out right? And so how can we expect our kids to be able to do this and to be bored if we can't do the same things? It's it's impossible. It sounds crazy, right? So we have to work on it within ourselves. We have to understand that society at large is perpetuating this. And then we have to choose how to intentionally raise our kids in this world where everything is fast and instant, right? And so, um, Part of my mission is to help other people parent intentionally. And so I'm going to talk through some ways you can, uh, or some things to think about when it comes to parenting and um, entitlement. And you can choose and take away what feels like it fits for you and your family or what you need to work on in your family or, and adapt them to your family and their needs. So we're just going to hit through a bunch of different things and you can just take what resonates and leave the rest. Um, The first is something you can do to help is allowing time before responding to requests. So delaying gratification. Um, If your child asks you to do something, don't drop whatever you're doing and do it right away. Make them actually wait a minute or two. And if they have difficulty with that, help them learn to handle the distress of what it is like to wait. Now, I'm not saying to not be responsive to your kids, but I am saying like they're asking you to help them with something and you're making a sandwich, say, when I'm done making the sandwich, I will help you and make them wait for you to make that sandwich. I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I think we all are because we just want our kids to stop whining. But if we don't ever let them sit in the emotion of waiting and get comfortable with it, they will never learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and waiting and building that gratification. Um, The second thing is having them save to buy things. Um, The we're, we're such a consumer culture anyway, but having them, if they want something, if they see an ad for something and YouTube makes this absolutely worse because Ryan's toy review is trying to ruin my life. Um, if you felt victimized by Ryan's toy review, raise your hand. Kids want every new toy that Ryan opens all the time and they're constantly being inundated with ads. And now that it's not tip and ads have switched. So if you think about advertising when we were young, it was television, right? And so you would watch your kid show and your kid toys. It was probably the same 10 commercials, the new Barbie house, the new, and that's how you figured out what you wanted, right? Now ads are coming from, and they're, they're much more covert and sneaky. Sorry, I was trying to think of the right word. Then they, they're not as, um, in your face, and obvious as they used to be. Advertising is not a commercial anymore. Um, Humans are smart and we have adapted to tuning out commercials. So what marketers and advertisers have done is they use influencers, um, YouTube channels, kids with big YouTube followings, and they send them free toys. They have them open them and then your kid suddenly wants that toy because Ryan has it or Adley has it or whatever YouTube channel your child watches. Um, 
So keeping in mind that those are how our children are constantly being inundated with messages that they need more and more and more and that they want more things, right? If they're watching kids open new toys all day, that's what they're going to want to do. Um, a way you can counter that is by creating a waiting time for a toy. Um, so they want something and then make them wait a week to make sure they still want it and then make them save their own money to buy it. Make them do chores, earn the money and see what it's like to have to work hard for something even if it's a $5 toy or a $10 toy. We've started doing this with Sam because he's a little bit older and he naturally wants more. And it was interest, it's been interesting to see the shift because in the beginning he would ask about it a lot. Um, and I'm gonna use a Buzz Lightyear as an example. He wanted a new Buzz Lightyear. And when the new toy store came out and then he saw someone on YouTube play with one. And or I guess it wasn't Toy Story, it was Lightyear. I'm sorry. Correction, it was Lightyear. And we didn't want to just buy him one. We're trying to teach him the value of money, the value of hard work. And so we told him, if you earn the money, you can buy one. And so we had to go through it like a hundred times. This is how we get new things. This is what you need to do. These are your chores. We wrote them down. We checked them off. Anytime I needed help with something, I would say, hey, buddy, this is a chance to earn money towards your Buzz Lightyear. And he eventually did it. He was so proud, so happy with himself. And I swear he played with that Buzz Lightyear longer than he has played with any other toy before getting bored. And it is because he had to work for that. We paid him fairly. We didn't give in and we made him earn it. And now that we've done that a few times with various different toys, what it has done is now he will come to us and say, how can I earn money because I want to buy this? He knows that he has to work for things and it's not perfect and he still wants stuff and he's still a seven-year-old boy, but it, it's been interesting to see the transformation in just his attitude and where he thinks things come from, right? Because we went through that process and it was parts of it were really annoying. It would have been easier to just buy him the damn toy than to have to hear him talk about it and ask how close he was and help him do the math and find chores for him. And then when he didn't want to do the chores, saying, I'm sorry, buddy, that if you don't do the chores, you don't get the money. And if you don't get the money, then you can't give us. That is the hard part of parenting, you guys. And sometimes we do, we give in. And that's okay because no one is perfect. But not giving in has greater rewards long term for your kids. So that's an idea of things you can do. Um, limiting screens when you're bored. So not taking screens as often in the car, in the doctor's office, to appointments, whatever that looks like. Um, it kind of depends on your child's screen usage now, what they're used to. Something to keep in mind is, and some this is something you can do for yourself. So um, parent hack, like if you're waiting in line somewhere, try to not look at your phone. Try to just allow yourself to just be there. And at first it's really uncomfortable, but then it's kind of nice to just sit in quiet. And it's like, I'm in line at the bank or I'm waiting in the doctor's office and I have nothing else that I need to be doing or can be doing. And I'm just sitting here and it's kind of nice to just have that quiet where there's no one else placing expectations on me. Another thing you can do is allow natural consequences to occur. So say your child forgets their um, library book or their assignment for school or their lunch don't bring it to them. Now, um, this is the, the backup plan I have for the lunch because someone's going to say my kid gets is going to be hungry is I have money on his lunch account at school so he can get lunch at school, but he doesn't get the preferred lunch if he forgets his lunch. Does that make sense? Part of this too is that I'm a working mom and it's not easy for me to like my routine's pretty set in stone. So if someone forgets their lunch, I can't, no one's bringing it to, to them 
It's just how it is, right? And this will depend on the age and developmental level of your child. But, um, and I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but just you can try different things. It doesn't have to be the lunch. It can be if they forget their library book, if they forget their homework, if they forget their shoes for cheer practice, right? You have to say, I'm really sorry. I can't bring it to you today. You'll have to find another way to get them or you'll have to just go without them and suffer the natural consequences. And this teaches your child responsibility that and that they have to be responsible for themselves and that all um, gratification is an instant and there's not someone there to rescue them all the time with small things. Now we want our kids to know that we will help them with the big things. While they are fighting through this process of going through earning a toy or trying to problem solve something or being bored, you can. I want you to praise them and say, I can see that you're really working with being bored and you are really trying to find something to do. Um, good job, or you problem solved getting those cheer shoes, or by borrowing, um, your friend had an extra pair. I'm really proud of you for problem solving that problem. Really praise the efforts that they're putting in, in that work time. We want to praise the process and not the result. So remember when, um, we had Dr. Kate Lund on here and we talked about building resilience. This goes back to that. So we want to praise the process and teach kids to appreciate the process. So I'm really proud that you were really bored and you got creative and found something to do rather than um, praising like, oh, you're not bored anymore. Because it's not being bored that's bad. It's you want to praise the actions that you want to see more of. These next examples might feel a little trickier, stickier. You might have an emotional reaction to them and that's okay. I want you to know that that's okay. But they are just things to consider that may be contributing to raising a child that is quote unquote entitled. I hate that word. Sorry, it, it makes me cringe just to call a child entitled. I don't know why. Anyway, um, so one of the things we do as parents is we give rewards for everything or we offer something as a way of getting what we want from kids. And this creates the mindset that they get a reward for doing what is expected of them. Now, um, allowance and chores is a good example of this. And I'm not saying we can't give allowances and we do like Sam, like I told you earlier, Sam earned money by helping around the house. The, the things that we gave him money for were on top of the regular things that we expect him to do. Um, but, and you can structure this however you want. I just want you to keep this bigger picture concept in mind and think about it so you can apply things intentionally when you are parenting. So, um, children may think that they are only good if they are getting a reward or that they are doing good things to get the reward rather than for the intrinsic, um, motivation of being good. So if they get a paid every time they pick up the playroom when they played with the toys, then they are going to feel like they deserve a reward every time. Or if we ask them to do that without giving them a reward, then they aren't good. Or they get upset if they aren't given rewards for doing things that we expect them to do. And it can create a power struggle later on. So um, going into these things intentionally, what do you expect in your household? What things should kids be doing just because, because they're a part of a family? We call our family a team. We call ourselves Team Adams. Um, and so I structure things like as part of a team, we clean up. Um, we all clean up together. We work hard together. We help each other. We support each other. And then there are extra things that our kids can do on that team to earn rewards. So um, 
chores and allowance are just like one example of this. It can also be like if you're really good at this doctor's appointment, I'll buy you an ice cream. And I'm not saying it's not fine to have an ice cream, but I wouldn't afterwards, but I wouldn't place that they need to be good to get that reward, right? Like I would just say for a treat, um, we're going to go get an ice cream after, right? Like you can do it that way. So it's not placed as a reward. The very last tip I have has to do with consistency. So if we don't set clear expectations and we aren't consistent with them, so by setting clear expectations, it means telling your child what the expectations are for them. Whether if they want a new toy, this is the expectation, um, what the workload expectation is, what the electronics rules and expectations are, all the things, right? Um, if we don't set clear expectations, they don't know what to expect and that can make them anxious or reactive, especially if we're shifting something. So say you've maybe gone down a path in parenting where things have slipped a little and this happens to everyone. Um, and I'm going to use screen time as an example because it, this happened recently in my house. So um, I was out of town for a week and my kids had like virtually no screen time while I was gone, which was really um, cool, but also made me take a really hard look at myself and say, what are the times that I am defaulting to screen time because I am busy or I need to get something else done rather than letting them be bored? And my kids do really well when they are left to their own devices. They can be really creative. They play together really well. But sometimes I do just give them the TV or the tablet, as um, especially at times when I'm like getting ready for work or I'm working for home so I can get stuff done. Understandable, right? I think we have all been there before. But having my husband, who's very like anti-YouTube and tablet home um, and be their main caregiver for a week showed me that like they literally went a full week without YouTube and they don't need it. And maybe I am giving into that more than I would like to because I don't want to deal with the battle or because I don't want to encourage them or just because it's easier on me. So I had to set, when I came back, I recognized this and I set the expectation then. I set them down and I said, okay, in the mornings, um, specifically for my girls too, when mom's getting ready for work um, in between when Sam goes to school, because I usually work like 11 to 7. So I'm with them in the morning before I go to work um, on the days that they don't have school. We're not going to watch YouTube anymore. We can play, we can um, do arts and crafts, we can do whatever we need, we want to do, but I, we're not going to, I'm not just going to give you the tablet to watch YouTube or the TV to watch a show or YouTube. And at first they were kind of like, Ugh. and they still ask about it. And I don't, I've had a hard time, but I haven't just given it to them. And it has been so rewarding because I have been consistent. Now, and that's the main message of this tip is that you have to be consistent with whatever expectations you set up for your child. So if I had um, come home and said like, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. So you don't need YouTube. And then I wasn't consistent with it. What would happen? They wouldn't believe me in the future when I set an expectation. And then the times where I did try to enforce it, I was going to have a bigger, I'm going to have a bigger tantrum or meltdown. And they're never going to learn to work through that frustration right? Or that feeling of, I really want this and I'm not getting it. So instead of me um, sitting with their feelings and working through that and showing them that they can get through that frustration, and that would probably happen a couple times and then it would go away. That would just be the new norm. 
I would be feeding the cycle of sometimes I let them have it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes they cry hard enough and I give that to give it to them and they learn that that's how they get their needs met or how they get what they want. So when we say that we don't raise, um, we're all raising entitled children, um, it is because we're doing these things unintentionally um, and and we're all guilty of it, right? And so really just trying to take a look at yourself. So I've been really intentional and it's worked out really well. And I did have some trouble in the beginning. Um, they did have like a couple meltdowns, but we sat through it. We worked through it. We found other things to do. And then it hasn't been an issue. And I felt proud of myself that I was able to stick to that boundary with them, but also that they were able to like work through that and see that they can, um, one, they can trust me to mean what I say because that's really important in parenting, but they can also find other things to do that don't involve that like constant dopamine rush to their brain. I talk to them about how in a kid way, why I don't like YouTube for them because it's not good for your brain, especially first thing in the morning is what I said to them. I think in small doses, it's fine. Um, but we need to just be more careful about how much time we're spending doing that. And they understood on their four-year-old level, right? I'm not saying they liked it and I'm not saying it wasn't hard, but it works. So taking an honest look at yourself, am I being consistent where it counts? Am I meaning what I say? Am I setting the expectations ahead of time or do I give in at the first sign of whining? And if I do, how can I do work on myself to correct that? Um, if you need help with that, definitely book a problem solving session with me and we can work through why it's triggering and things you can do to help have those firm boundaries and expectations. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you took something from it and um, I hope you at least just feel like we're all, we're all navigating this technology and this entitlement generation or whatever you want to call it together. And it's not a fault of our parenting. I think we've been made to feel like it's because of our parenting and it's not. It's the world we live in and we're having to adapt. Parenting isn't the same as it was 20, 30, 40 years ago right? And so when our parents parented, it looked different. And sometimes they didn't even do that great of a job either. So we're all just learning and growing and that's okay. Be intentional in your parenting. Take what you feel like resonates for you and your family. Let the guilt go. Do the best you can. Love on your kids. Focus on your relationship with them. And at the end of the day, that is all that freaking matters. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Paige will be back next week or next week will be a Q&A. I can't really remember, but Here's my weird, clunky outro. I'll see you later. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, Creating Community and Smashing Parental Stigma, Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.